Hello and welcome back on the island. I can't stop laughing because Ty can see everything I'm doing and I can't see anything he's doing because his video isn't working. So every move I make, I feel judged. But luckily, none of you can judge me because you're just listening to me unless you're the government and you're watching me because I know there are cameras everywhere, probably in that smoke detector. Definitely in that light switch. And my window's also wide open, so who knows? <laughs> anyway, we're back to talk about Survivor Season 37, David versus Goliath. Still. But not for long, according to our previews for next week. But we can't get to next week already. We have a lot to get to from this week. Aren't Brochachos Just Adorable is the name of this week's episode. There's a good bit to cover. For the first time, I would argue, we did not have an episode where something from outside the game interfered. There was no storms, no evacuations, no post-game fireworks, really, on Thursday morning. Just a pretty tame week and a pretty tame tribal for the most part. But that doesn't mean there wasn't some good stuff this week. And we're going to get into all of it on all three tribes because from now on, the three tribes shall be one. And I'm Taylor Gaines, and this week, I am not doing this alone. I am joined by that other voice, and this week, like I said, he is just a voice. But uh, you'll get to hear from him anyway. Not with the weird tape delay like last week. <laughs> he's gonna be, he's gonna be right here. You've, I've tried to make him laugh a couple times just so you can know that he's here. So I think you've heard him a few times. He's a self-loaded murder machine and a food-seeking missile. It's Tyler B. Commons. Woo! I'm back. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited. Like, do you know how stressful it was for me to record on my own last week? Because when I start to go in tangents, like, I know I'm going with no endpoint in line in mind. And it's like, what's happening? What am I saying? Why are you still talking? So now that you're here to cut me off when I do stuff like that, I'm super pumped our eagle-eyed fans might have noticed that at the beginning you said eh, i'm gonna talk for about five minutes here and i think the final segment was around 11 <laughs> yeah i sent you i think it was like twelve forty-seven or something was the <laughs> final thing i sent you so you know oh man oh, i just get so caught up talking about the game that i love so this week i'll make sure our episode is only five minutes long so thanks for listening uh Lirsa went home come back next time i'm just kidding obviously we got a lot to talk about and i i I like to say that because i'm lazy and i'm clearly not doing a real intro where i run through everything we're going to talk about but but we're going to get into a tie which i think i have also already said so at risk of not repeating myself anymore or vice versa let's talk survivor all right so one thing we covered on last week's episode, though separately, was Jacket Gate. And I thought it was pretty interesting off the top that they actually explained some of the post-game stuff that was not alluded to at all in the episode last week. In fact, they framed it in such a way where Natalie just kind of looked like a villain because Angelina was yelling after her and she didn't respond. But come to find out, as we talked about on the last episode... Natalie knew good and well that Angelina was part of voting her out. And Ty, I think, actually 
took his anger out on Natalie in last week's episode. So now now's your time to apologize. Yeah, you uh, clearly did more research and called me out <laughs> for it last week, but I was wrong. I did not know that Angelina was a part of getting rid of Natalie, um, but I still don't think that changes my feelings toward Natalie necessarily because the rest of the season, all we've got to see was her controlling and not willing to listen to others and learn. So nothing against her as a as a person but as a survivor player like she did not do it well and so yeah (laughs) it was good i liked that we got so all the backstory that you mentioned last week we got to see in the first like two or three minutes of this episode and it was just it was strange to me obviously i think they did it for the drama or whatever but it was just to try to make us think for even a second that angelina might go home yeah it, it was strange they didn't show us that last week but I mean, I'll think. Yeah, my, I was almost wondering whether because it came out in post game, they like decided to release it. But I don't know. I, some stuff I read this morning made me think that they're just trying to change up some of the editing things they do this year and surprise people in different ways, like with the surprise idol find earlier this year and the different way they've framed you know these evacuations and storms and stuff. I, I don't. And and Jeff talked about them trying to let people be funny more and Mm. do less challenges in the early going and, you know, let the characters really develop. And uh, we can get into this later, but I think that whether it's the cast or the crew or a combination, I think it's working for the most part. Absolutely. We are getting to meet characters and I think genuinely I've gotten at least a little bit of screen time from everybody at this point, I mean, there's a few people that weren't shown. Like, we talked about Davey in episode one and maybe even episode two where he was barely shown. Angelina's just come on in the last two episodes, sort of. But with all that being said, like, we have seen everybody and they've done a good job of letting us know who people are and kind of what, to borrow a phrase I hate, what triggers them, what can rub them the wrong way. I just, I just hate that phrase, but we've got to find out the personality that people's have. And it's like, Lisa was really upset about cooking eggs, but Natalie was more upset and more domineering. So we got to see kind of that dynamic play out. And I'm just talking about the two characters who went home last, I knew who they were and I liked that. And I think that's something they've done great this season. The other thing for me is I think we've gotten to see people having fun a lot. Like we talk about millennials versus Gen X in high regard because of that exact thing that we that season was good because the cast was fun and they liked each other and i think even with natalie sort of and her domineering presence and sort of taking on that villain role it still does seem like everyone's having fun especially you know the brochachos and a lot of the nick alliances just seem like they're kind of hanging out and having a good time. Dan and Kara had their little thing, mostly from Dan's side, it seemed. But, like, I just think letting people be themselves always works, especially in a season that we talked about in the preseason is more diverse in body types and and types of people than it has been in recent seasons where it was just, like, models, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that's definitely played well. I think even looking at the tribe that went to tribal tonight, at least the way it's been presented to us, the four of them generally got along and pretty well, I think, liked each other. There wasn't any hard rift. I mean, Angelina and Lyrsa obviously weren't the best of friends, but it wasn't like mortal enemies. And they seemed like they were having fun. And a few weeks ago when they did the tribe swap, Mike said... I mean, Mike saw this coming. They got the Davids of the David tribe and the Davids of the Goliath tribe as far as a physical standpoint. But that didn't that didn't make you hate this tribe. That didn't make you feel bad for them. They were still just a fun group of people mixing it up and alliances were happening and strategy and gameplay took place. And that's what's been really fun to watch is seeing the mixture of personalities. And like, like I said, we got that this episode. The other thing is... Even stuff we haven't seen, apparently, it, like, sounds kind of fun. Like, Lyrsa talked in her interview this week that, you know, she would go and catch crabs every single day. And they didn't show that. And she said she wasn't that good at it. She would run around the beach with paddle boards trying to smash them. And she actually caught four or five that way. And people started calling her the crab serial killer. And as I read this, I'm understanding why they didn't show it. But <laughs> it sounds funny. And uh, I do wish we had a bit more funny stuff from her because I didn't think her character on the show was that entertaining, which is obviously not really a criticism of a person <laughs> as much as an edit or a just a, a presentation because I don't think I would ever <laughs> go to one of my friends and be like, you know, I like you, but you're just not that entertaining. <laughs> so So take that with a grain of salt, but... But as far as entertainment value goes, I guess it was a good vote out for us as viewers. But uh, for for the second week in a row, as we sort of can touch on Natalie again, because we didn't get to have a conversation about this idea last week, I feel like this tribe has voted out the weaker player two weeks in a row and left dangerous people around. Yeah, and I... I don't necessarily think that's bad. If we're talking strategy, Mike was kind of shown as really kind of the linchpin of this vote in saying, well, do I keep Goliath numbers or do I go with people I like? Do I throw myself under the bus when we get to the merge, whenever that happens? Spoiler alert, next week. (laughs) Or... Do I, I They all seem to know it too. They all had a pretty good idea. Yeah. Or do I skip stick with this group of Davids who I'm having a lot of fun with? And I think at least the way it was shown to us and the way it's portrayed, Mike made a very strategic decision in getting rid of a David. That way it's not a 50-50 split going into the merge. Well, it, it would have been even Goliath's well, it would have been six seven Davids versus either way. Goliath, correct? Yeah. So um, we definitely, I mean, we got to see strategy. And as far as voting out the two weakest players, it's hard to make an argument for why you would keep those two around. Yes, they're the weakest players and like you want to surround yourself with weak people. But at the same time, Natalie much more than Lyrsa. Natalie was just bothersome to be around. And Mike kept saying that. Mike's like, I don't want to be out here with Natalie anymore. Like, she has to go. And she didn't really feel that way. Or, sorry, he didn't really feel that way with Lyrsa. They even um, went so far as to have an alliance nicknamed 
The Rainbow Coalition. The Rainbow Coalition, which we, you know, didn't ever get to see or hear about, but it's strate- strategy, it's strategic to keep the weak players with you, but at some point you just can't keep people around. Like it's I mean, I don't here's, know. here's my it's showing thing, you cards too much. It's like not only are they weak, they both seemed loyal to a fault where Lyrsa refused to even have a conversation about voting with the Goliaths, and Natalie mm. was very adamant about being Goliath strong. And with what we've been teased with in next week's merge episode, I can't help but think that I'm going to be right in some sense, being that Angelina is dangerous and she's going to, you know, mix things up. And mm. she clearly is being shown to. T- do some talking next week and I my philosophy is kind of like the tribal bounds are not going to last ever for that long. And I I just don't think it's really worth basing your game on that. I understand why pre merge you might be susceptible to that, but like two weeks in a row making a similar vote just seemed like too safe to me in a lot of ways because i just would rather bring along these people who no one likes and everyone wants to sit beside rather than or rather than people who could screw your game up but yeah but on the yeah on the flip side of that though if you get through with people that you like and people that might be stronger players it sets up for a season and we always talk about how great yeah. millennials versus gen x was <laughs> yeah, i didn't say it this would be is good for shaping into value. that yeah, yeah i think this is shaping into a season that could be something like that you have christian left you have davy left you have carl left you have dan you have john i'm very excited have, to see all these people together that's for sure yeah and you got mike so well it might not seem good voting the weak ones off i think that's setting this season up for more entertainment and more just interest in who these people are moving forward and definitely i feel like the david versus goliath tribal lines are very blurred at this point if not completely erased and you have very different kinds of people with very different strategic approaches like alex approach seems to just be i want to drop a bomb in any tribal council that i possibly can and angelina seems to want to control everything christian and gabby seem to want to be kind of just driving from the back seat in a lot of ways like nick likes to be in the middle at all times I, I, like there's a lot of interesting dynamics that i'm fascinated to see come together and how things are going to fall into line with all 13 people on one beach so mm-hmm. I think it's actually really exciting. Like you think to last season where the merge happened and we had that great mano a mano episode with Chris and Dom, but I'd I'd be hard pressed to name anyone other than Wendell who was also at that merge. So I think this is a much more promising season, especially because we've had several good weeks also. So like, they're really starting to put something together in, in an exciting way. And and to, to what we talked about earlier, I think it also helps that the characters are dynamic and they're not really just a bunch of archetypes. 
Yeah, each person out there feels very individual. And I think like one... I feel like they've shown people being happy and angry and and like they've shown a pretty full picture of everyone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You got to see anger this week in Elizabeth and you got more of her backstory. She was talking about her her backstory. That's funny. Um, she was talking about <laughs> she was talking about her back pain and like how <laughs> flipping upset she was or whatever it was she said and like that's just her being a genuine person that we now are more invested in and care about and that's what's been so fun is you have someone like her that I care about but you also have Christian who I care about but you also have Macho Man John then you have this Dan and Kara or Kara Kara dynamic and just it's yeah I can't talk enough I mean I could over talk about it but I don't feel the need to about how exciting this season is shaping into and I want it to continue to move that way I don't think this is one of those seasons where I'm like okay here's another week this is one where I'm like man I'm excited to watch this I'm excited to get in and find out what's going to happen to Christian and John and Dan I'm excited to see if Dan's ever going to have an idol flush. They talked about that last week. This is as good a time as ever to talk about it. Like, Part of the reason I'm so excited to tune in every week is because I know Christian's going to be on the TV for like 10 full minutes. <laughs> and I, I'm sort of getting to the point that I get to in a lot of Survivor seasons where I feel fairly confident that he is going to be in the final three or possibly win just because of just how much we've gotten from him (laughs) through these first six episodes. But even with that, like, I don't mind. (laughs) Like, yeah, I, I want him to win and I love him and like watching him put on the, the, the flippers and, and trying to go fishing and like, more brochacho stuff he he even had like an emotional confessional about how he's enjoying fitting in with people and like i just don't know how you can't like are there people watching this who are like gosh i don't like that guy well i mean he does work for fsu so he's got that against him Uh, But no, I mean, I'm on the same page. We got to hear about how he's been trying to make these steps toward growth as a person. I think that's what he said in his interview. And now he's kind of out there like testing it out and he's meshing with Hot Cop and a wrestler. I mean, he was hand feeding John in this episode. (laughs) Which was hilarious because he's like, I've never done that. And John's like, yeah, me neither, but that's okay. (laughs) It was like just one of the funniest moments that like went so well. And then, yeah, just the way he is navigating this relationship that he has with Gabby, that he wants to continue to move forward, that he wants to stay strong with her. But also, he's mixing it up. He's got Nick to talk to once they get back together next week. He's got two strong Goliath allies. This is the stuff, this is why I feel like the David and Goliath lines are blurred because of people like Christian, because of people like Nick reaching out to Mike. And that is just going to make it that much more fun to see how things kind of settle. Next week's going to be exciting, but then the weeks after that, like strategy and merge gameplay have hit the ground and I want to see how everybody reacts. 
Yeah, I got nervous when Gabby started strategizing with Allison because I was like, Survivor, don't you dare pit Gabby against Christian. But <laughs> fortunately, that wasn't quite how it went down. I, I did think it was as perfect as it could have been for Gabby because I've seen so many times on this show that someone has a moment like she does and they cut to a confessional of the other person saying, yeah, she's just unstable. We got to get rid of her. But <laughs> instead she went to the exact right person who was like, yeah, you know, I, as, as a physician or whatever, like I just want to make people feel better. And now I feel like I bonded with Gabby and I was like, wow, that couldn't have worked out any better. <laughs> yeah. The empathy was definitely felt. And, um, I feel, think aside from episode one is this the most allison airtime we got and it was literally just like one conversation yeah you know i actually had a note in my watching about how green was my favorite tribe in a while and then in parentheses i was like oh and also allison is there because we (laughs) didn't really get anything from her but then right as i was writing that we finally got some screen time and you know, she came across as like at least a good, nice person who, uh, I, you know, it's it's one of the things that sometimes the editors let you forget, but everybody's out there to play. Mm-hmm. No one's rolling over and dying yet. The other theme that kind of ran through this episode, which we just started talking about with the Gabby thing is like, and with the Elizabeth thing you referenced before is people are starting to like break down, which... I guess is why it's good that the merge feast is coming and everybody's going to get some artificial adrenaline going through that jolt in the game. But, mm-hmm. you know, Gabby was breaking down. Elizabeth was breaking down. The purple tribe completely broke down at the immunity challenge in a way I <laughs> have not seen in a while, at least to my memory. For all I know, something could have happened in Ghost Island, but... Does anyone really remember that season? I I think it was interesting getting a sense of the psychological effects of just all this rain and all this pain people are in and like a weird number of people with Elizabeth and B like who went out there with injuries, like pre-existing conditions and Mm -hmm. had them exacerbated. So like I just was kind of fascinated and it, I think a lot of the episode kind of, petered out after that midway point where we were just watching purple fall apart in the immunity challenge yeah the immunity challenge was rough to watch but i mean like i said a few minutes ago the purple team was the ultimate david team we knew physically they weren't able to match up with anybody that saucer thing looked heavy too it did i was trying to decide if it was like a giant piece of styrofoam and then a plastic i don't know but uh Clearly it wasn't by the fact that it was dropped and bloody hands came out. Yeah, like it, what was what freaked me out is it looked like it was stone. And then when they dropped it, I was like, someone could have just broken their foot if that thing is as heavy as it looks. <laughs> but yeah, fortunately, nothing like that. No. And we like we said, we don't generally talk about challenges, but this one was just such a blowout, such an absolute blowout that you could see people feel physically breaking down and emotionally breaking down and not being able to handle it. And Jeff had one of his Jeff quotes as soon as the (laughs) challenge was over about, look, you're still out here going when you physically can't keep going. And it was just, but it was, 
I feel like we're he also said through, at some point it's two tribes through. who look two tribes who know how to play Survivor and one who looks like they're just starting. <laughs> so some good, some bad. Yeah, some great, some bad from Jeff as always. Mostly great, but yeah, if realistically there's 13 people left, we're not even midway out. There's been two no votes with B going home and Pat's back exploding on a boat. So it just it leaves me wondering, like, are we gonna have a couple multi vote outs, or are we gonna have? I don't, I don't know. I haven't done the math out, but it's just it's really interesting to see these people breaking down, and it just talks about the weather and the circumstances that Survivor can't control playing a big role in this season. And I that I mean it it continued today. They were beat physically. They were beat emotionally. They were beating up each other at Tribal. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Like, I think there's 13 people left, and there's probably only seven to nine hours of the show left, depending on how long the finale is. So I'm sure it'll be like every season where we'll get down to this last two episodes, including like the three-hour finale, and there will be like seven people left, and you're going to be like, wait, how are they getting rid of all these people in two episodes? <laughs> And then it'll just kind of happen. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention from the challenges, even though I I mostly just tune out reward challenges entirely because there's no real stakes to me because I'm not hungry. (laughs) I enjoyed that. He was like, you want to see what you're playing for? And the first thing he showed was like a knife. And I was like, oh, are they playing for knives? (laughs) I guess it's a good thing Jeremy and Natalie aren't out here anymore. Because uh, those would have wound up in somebody's back. Am I right? Most likely. That being said, I I don't know that much else really happened in this episode. I think, you know, Green was as entertaining as ever. Orange had the stuff with Elizabeth in the bed, which was a little bit intense. And then the the purple tribe, as we mentioned, just continued to suffer at the hands of everyone and everything. Before... <laughs> voting out Lyrsa and leaving the Goliath with a 7-6 to six advantage going into the merge, which, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, is as good as we could have asked for because you never want one tribe going in with a huge advantage. And going in with a slim advantage is probably even better for what we have coming because, as Stephen Fishback pointed out in his column today, season after season... You see big tribes get picked apart because they don't take their competition seriously. Uh, His example was Angelina using the vote on Lyrsa to get the jacket in our previous episode. And he, he wrote about how people hate it when you write their name down, no matter what your intentions are. He described it as... Your name coming up on parchment is like the Grim Reaper laying his icy finger across your spine. It's an experience you don't forget. And uh, I thought he had an interesting point here because he talked about how Angelina's vote for Lyrsa was a common act of hubris from those that are in the dominant tribe because they start to believe their own hype when they have the numbers. He, He compared it to the Stanford prison experiment saying like 
People in the minority group are hustling to save their butts and working harder around camp and promising loyalty and they'll do anything to stay alive. So the people who are on top, like Angelina was, start to perceive that they have a lot of power and invariably, as humans will do, they abuse it. Yeah, Angelina, just continuing to talk about what she's doing, I I think she has to learn to not play from spite as much as she is because I think that's exactly what got Lyrsa sent home. And we talked about this earlier. Lyrsa was in no way going to stick with the Goliaths because her name was written down. She was not going to vote with Angelina no matter what happened. And I think ultimately that was her downfall. I think ultimately that's bad strategy. And I think Angelina could fall victim to the exact same thing. I think she could just be so dead set in one mind, one train of thought that when we get to the merge, I don't know if she's going to be able to fold and mesh and deal with these kind of alliance swapping voting block things like we've seen in the past people just sending you a vote for a week and then taking it away i don't i don't know if she's going to be able to handle that well and i think this week might have kind of shown that and that's sort of my larger point going into the merge because like we were talking about before there's so many openings for david's and they only need to flip one person at any given time and they might not even have to be the ones to do it given the way Goliaths have played so far. So I'm really excited from an entertainment perspective about what we might get going down the stretch here because like you always say, Ty, this is when the game really gets going. Yep. Halfway through March madness has begun in November. March madness. Grow out your mustaches. You know what makes dancing cool, Ty? Dancing with friends? (laughs) (laughs) i i feel sad for you now the way that you said that (laughs) oh okay yeah sorry no uh what makes dancing cool taylor misdirection oh which is why we're going right into our power rankings i don't know if that's misdirection but it's something it's ironic right it's like rain on your wedding day (laughs) or free ride when you already paid classic examples of irony in a literary sense (laughs) oh boy Okay. Ty, how do you feel about ranking some people? I feel good. I almost feel like number one is a foregone conclusion, but, you know, maybe not. I could be surprised. I, but, yeah, to answer your question without uh, expanding upon it, I feel good. Let's rank some people. <laughs> Who you got? Number one, Christian Hubicki, because the way... It's just, like it's just incredible to watch the man work because <laughs> back here it's like, like watching Daniel Day Lewis and there will be blood. It's like watching Hannibal Lecter in the Silence of the Lambs or Hannibal the TV show. That oh mm. that was good. Matt do you want to do thirty more minutes on Hannibal? <laughs> no, I can't because. <laughs> I can't dwell on that show too long or I get depressed, but it's amazing. Christian, just like you said, even for no reason, we got five minutes of him putting on snorkel gear and going out and trying to fish and catching nothing. Like if we can just <laughs> break that clip down, 
He's just a delightful person to be around, and everybody likes him. And coming into the merge, I don't know if he's threatening enough for people to see that he's charming enough they need to get rid of him. So I think he's in a great spot, especially merge, especially getting back with Nick. I just, Christian's got my number one. He really is so charming, and that's got to be the most surprising thing about his development is he was presented as kind of a awkward nerdy guy and like he is great socially like he acts very surprised about it in his interviews but it seems like he's just good with people (laughs) and not only that like my reason for ranking him number one is what i alluded to before in that it really feels like he's getting a winner's type of edit on the show Mm. and just everything we've seen and been led to believe makes me feel like he has so many options and so many friends and he's on the best tribe pre-merge that you know it's it's just hard to rank anybody else at the top yeah he's just he's playing way too well so number two i'm gonna throw nick out there i think he had a really good episode I think he's navigating the water as well. He's having to work a little bit harder than Christian is, but he's got people on both sides of the aisle working for him. The David side and the Goliath side, the blue and the red, I mean the purple and the orange. And he's just doing a really good job. So I think he will continue to navigate well. He'll work with Mike and he'll work with Christian. And I think he's built a good enough group around him that's not threatening that he's got a lot of game left yeah i think this is maybe not quite how i usually approach these rankings but as we go into the merge i almost am viewing this more as taking stock of who i feel most optimistic about as we go into this big stretch of the game here and (laughs) i actually agree with you i think if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you should know that our power rankings are usually not the same. But I also am going to have Nick number two because his adeptness at being in the middle and in positions of power and creating bonds with everyone around him is something that I find also very dangerous from a strategy perspective as the game goes forward. And it felt like he kind of had to succumb to the other tribe a little bit to make this week's vote happen but i think him and mike are closer than it appears and i think that he's got a lot of stuff to look forward to once these people get back together absolutely i'm gonna let you jump ahead and do number three first before me i'm gonna switch up the order on the people oh no you wouldn't do that would you I'll do it. The The hard thing is, I don't know who the third best player is to this point. Mm. I think there haven't been a lot of moves yet. I guess I have to give credit where I have given credit in the past because, you know, Gabby hasn't really done anything big yet. Dan has a couple idols, but... Outside of that, has not done anything. Same with Davey. John and Kara and Allison have just kind of been around so far. Carl, the same thing. 
For me, this third spot is really between Angelina and Elizabeth because they have each at separate times orchestrated vote outs and made things happen. But to me, I think Angelina has shown her cards a little too early where people know that she's dangerous. And I think Elizabeth, I praised a lot in the early going because she made things happen, but was always kind of hiding in the back corner, watching them go down like some kind of mob boss. And even though we got a little more color from her this week, I still like what she's shown and how quickly she was able to bond with people like Kara. So going forward for right now, I would say Elizabeth rounds out my top three. Yeah, she was definitely one of the people contending for top three. And like you said, it's hard to pick a number three because I think we're looking forward to the merge in these rankings. It's not just kind of an episode thing. So it's, it was really tough for me to do number three. One and two, I immediately put down. Number three took me a few minutes. And I have to say, even though he didn't show me a lot, I think Dan has to be number three just due to the fact that he is by default in an alliance with Christian and Nick and has two idols. I don't, I don't know that he's necessarily the third best player. Like, like we said, Angelina has had strategy and orchestrated some votes, but I just, I'm worried about her future from a not being willing to budge standpoint. And we haven't gotten a whole lot of strategy from Dan, except he looks for idols and finds them. So maybe I was looking too much big picture this week, but Dan just rounds out my top three because he's got two idols and he seems like he's in a solid alliance going into the merge. So I have Christian one, Nick two, Elizabeth three. You have the same top two with Christian and Nick and Dan number three. Speaking of three, I think the midway point here is a good time to update people on our final three predictions. Ty, do you remember what your final three prediction was? I think it was uh, Lyrsa, Natalie, and... Cole was going to come back and make a guest appearance, right? I will say you are three for three in the sense that none of those people were in your final three. <laughs> oh, good. You had predicted, which actually looks pretty solid right now uh, for, uh, for a lot of it. You, you have Christian, Gabby, and Allison with Allison winning. I don't, think, I don't have Allison winning, do I really? I thought I'd pick Christian to win. I have Allison circled. <laughs> All right, well, you got notes. So So perhaps we can go back and listen to the tape, but I'm trusting my circle pen on this paper and saying that you picked Allison. I will trust your circle pen as well because (laughs) I think we've just talked about Christian so much these first (laughs) five or six weeks that I just feel like I had to have predicted him, yeah. It's funny, my final three was Gabby, Dan, Angelina with Gabby winning. So both of us... Uh, have people winning who have kind of been hanging in the background a lot, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it is interesting that we have five, uh, uh, we only have four different people in our combined final threes, and all of them are still alive. So, as usual, our smarts are worth admiring. 
We're doing something right. <laughs> oh, Ty. Every second of this podcast is a blow to my personal self-worth. Wow. <laughs> to quote Christian, walking around in flippers. <laughs> but that's also probably not true. I think on our podcast, hope is a strategy, and we hope that you'll be back again next time here on the island. How does that sound? How does that feel? How does it feel deep down, Ty? It feels like that's all we hang on to is the hope that our friends come back and listen and leave us reviews and give us a rating. That's our clever way of asking this time around because that's all we got for Survivor Week 6 on the island. On the island. You want to be a survivor, you got to be here on the island. With me, Taylor Gaines, and him, Tyler Commons. Follow us on Twitter at On the Island Pod and something similar on Instagram. I'm sure you can find it because you're smart people and don't bully people because Lyrsa apparently was getting bullied on social media. Don't do that. It's mean and they're people and they're nice. So be nice. And, and if you feel like tweeting something angry at someone, like put down your phone and go outside so you can see that there's a world out there. Ty, anything else? Um, save a life, check twice for motorcycles, and that's all I got to say. Yes, Ty, an avid motorcyclist, as people <laughs> know. <sighs> oh, I, I got nothing else, Ty. I just always wanted to be someone that people wanted to talk to. Well, just be like Christian then. He's my new idol. I, I can't wait for you to come over and see the poster I have of him on my wall. Me or everybody that listens? Oh, you, the the government. <laughs> well, you have a Who, cell phone, so they've whoever. seen it already. <laughs> oh. Goodbye, bro chachos and girl chachos. <laughs> Come back See you next, next week in Slamtown. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is, uh, again.